Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where a long-haired teenage boy had just passed his driving test, and he asked his dad if he could start using the family car. Dad looked at him proudly, saying, Here's the deal, son. Bring your grades up from a C to a B average, study your Bible a little every day, and get a proper haircut. Then we'll talk about the car. The boy said, Okay, Dad, it's a deal. After about six weeks, the dad said, Hey, son, I'm very proud of you. Your grades are up, and I've seen you reading your Bible. But you haven't cut your hair. Why? The boy said, You know, Dad, I've noticed in the Bible that Samson had long hair. John the Baptist had long hair. Moses had long hair. And there's even strong evidence that Jesus had long hair, too. So can I use the car now? Really, the dad said. That's amazing. Putting his keys back in his pocket, he replied, Did you also notice that they walked everywhere? (laughs) This is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout out to spirit-led Christians everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior, thanking him for his sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to his soon appearing in the clouds. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the many blessings in their life. Thank you for all that you do, seen and unseen, and we love you with all our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, my co-host with the spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Round Town, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. Today, the title of our podcast is How God Blesses Us. Hey, Christy, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Pretty good. Those haircuts in Roundtown are very important. <laughs> because you can't walk everywhere from Roundtown because the nearest town is like 12 miles away. And that's just a town. It's not a city. So, yeah, it's very important to have short hair so you can drive around here. <laughs> We're going to talk about how God blesses us today because people sometimes have a very narrow view of what is a blessing. And unless God blesses them in a way that they see coming and that they recognize as a blessing, oftentimes the things that God does for them and how he does blessings in their lives go unnoticed. I think that it is important to praise the giver. If God is being a blessing to you and God is promoting you in a certain area of your life, we need to be people with an attitude of gratitude and praise the person that's helping us, and that is God. And when you praise somebody, what you do is you thank them for what they're doing, you recognize what they're doing, and it also encourages them to do more. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's what we want. We want God to bless us. We want to feel his love and his acceptance and his help in our lives so that we can accomplish his will. So today, we're going to talk about how God blesses us and the many manifold ways that happens. You know, a lot of times you hear the phrase, a blessing in disguise, as if it didn't look like a blessing, but it really is a blessing. But God is so different than us, and his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that a lot of times, it's not just that the blessing is in disguise, it's that our assumption of how God blesses is completely wrong. We look at things in a very natural-minded way, and the natural-minded flow that is on this earth is a sense of lack. I don't have enough and I need more. 
we look at the world from a lack perspective. Even if we have abundance, we tend to look at it as if we better hold on to it because I may not have this forever. But the truth is that God is a very abundant God, and God is a very loving God, and God wants to give us so much. When Jesus fed the 5,000, he didn't just feed them so that they had barely enough to take their hunger away. He fed them so that all were full, and then there was more left over than they started with. That's the provision of God. But we look at it like God is going to bless me by giving me more. God is going to bless me by answering my prayers. God is going to bless me by doing in my life what I think needs to be done in my life. When the truth is that God sees what we really need, and God actually sees our desires more clearly than we do. We may think we desire to live in a certain area of the world, but what God knows is that we really will be blessed if we live in this particular area of the world, because that's what he's created us for. That's the place he wants us to be at this season of our life. So if we understand that we thrive and we are blessed when we are in God's flow for what he wants for us, It changes our perspective completely. Instead of having a wish list that we present to God and say, I've got 10 things on my list, and the more of these things you grant to me, the more I will be blessed, we need to realize that being blessed by God means lining up with the way that we're created to be and the things that he's created us for. There's a certain rightness and a settling in our spirit that happens when we step into the will of God and we're in the flow that he has for us. And it's a blessed life. It's a very blessed life, but it's not necessarily the blessings that you would see. It's the blessings that maybe we didn't expect, and those end up being much more satisfying. Exactly. The road to our blessings often is a very circuitous route, and it's not a direct path that we imagine in our minds. And God does things to us that may initially seem like a cursing, seem like a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And you say, why, Lord? Why, Lord? But God did it because it was necessary to put you in position for future blessings. You know, our perspective on our life is sometimes very, very one-dimensional. We only see what's directly in front of us. We don't see what's to the side of us. We don't see the connections that God sees. And so when we are led by the Spirit, initially it can look pretty bad. When Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, initially Pharaoh reacted very badly. And he increased the labor of the Israelites until he wouldn't give them straw in order to make their bricks, but he wouldn't lessen the tally that they had to make. And so in the evening when they were tired, everybody had to go out to the fields and gather the straw stubble in order to make the bricks. And so initially when God was doing his will through Moses, it didn't look so good. And even the first few plagues that God brought upon Egypt through Moses were also upon the Israelites. Mm-hmm. Good point. And so it went from bad to worse. And eventually, I think it was the fourth or fifth plague, God made an exception and he made a division and he set them apart in the sight of the Egyptians. And what initially looked very bad basically became their salvation in just a few weeks. So many times what seems like a hardship and say, God, why did you lead me here? Now it's worse than it was at the beginning. It's an intermediate step towards your blessing. And you need to rest in God in that time, knowing that the judge of the whole earth will do right. And that God has good plans for you. And what he's doing, he's positioning you for blessing. And it doesn't look like it because we can only see the world. But God sees eternity and God sees the future. And when we are able to operate by his wisdom, by his foreknowledge, even Mm -hmm. things that look bad in our lives 
can turn out to be good. That's right. A lot of times, God needs to do a realignment in order to really bless us. It's like if someone breaks their arm and the bone is not set properly back in place before it heals, it will heal crooked. And if it heals crooked, it doesn't work right. And there's a lot of pain still associated with it. And it's just not functioning to its best ability. So if a doctor wants to fix that, they have to re-break the bone and realign it so that it can heal properly. And then once it is healed, you have proper use of it to the fullest extent. Our lives are a lot of times like that. We might be off on a wrong path. We might be headed down a direction that was not what God intended for us. You know, if you miss the mark by just a little bit, it's just a little bit off. But if you continue down that path that is off by just a little bit, eventually you're going to end up far, far away from the destination. So a lot of times God has to do in our lives what you have to do with someone whose arm has been broken and healed improperly. He has to break what we're doing and realign us with where we need to be, heal us in that position, and then we are able to just prosper in the fullness of that. And that is a huge blessing. It doesn't feel like it at first. The person that's undergoing the re-breaking of their arm and having to re-heal it doesn't think it's a good thing. A horrible thought. (laughs) (laughs) But a few months down the road, when they're able to use their hand to the fullest extent like they couldn't before, they would say, yeah, that was definitely worth it. And God is very concerned about us being in the best life we can be, to be aligned with where he wants us to be. A lot of times we get the impression that God just wants us to be good. He wants us to behave. He wants us to obey the Ten Commandments and whatever else that we need to do. And the more we align with being good, the more pleased he is with us. God is pleased when we have faith. And the reason that God wants to realign our lives to be on the right path is just as much for us as it is for him. He wants us to live the life that he's called us to live because he knows what we're created for. If God has created you to be an electrician and you spend your life being a baker, you're not going to be aligned with what God wants you to do. And you're not going to be happy, even though you might be a good qualified baker, you're not going to be nearly as fulfilled as if you become the electrician that he wants you to be. We all have a calling on our life, not necessarily an occupation, but a calling to be in the will of God, to live the life he wants us to live, whether it's a ministry or whether it's an occupation or whether it's just the way that we interact with the people around us. And until we are lined up and doing what God created us to do, we're not going to be completely blessed. That's where the blessing comes. Well, you're very true. A lot of people have a modicum of blessing. And sometimes that blessing is from God. And sometimes it's just from making the right choices and wise decisions. You know, ants are blessed in an ant-like fashion because they work hard. And so you can do the natural working hard and you can be blessed according to the world. But if you want your life really to flow in God, you need to listen to his voice and do what he says when he says to do it with whomever he says to do it with. You need to become that manifestation of God on earth that flows in his will. And so listening to God's voice and doing his will puts you within the river of God and you are carried about by his will and by his desire and you find yourself naturally flowing to where he wants you to go and when you're talking about blessings of God the blessings of God are great and they're small I noticed yesterday and this seems like a really funny small thing but I notice that when I go to Walmart, there's usually a parking space Mm -hmm. right near the front. That's right. We always joke, it's meant to be. Yeah, it's meant to be. (laughs) And then we go someplace else and there's another parking space. Mm -hmm. And it's a very small thing, but you notice it. And I praise God for it. I think, thank you, Father. Those little things are also important. It's an indication of the flow of God. Exactly. It's an indication. When you meet the right person at the right time, when you say the right word that they need to hear, when Something doesn't happen to you. 
The truth is, the things that don't happen to us are just as important as the things that do happen to us. A lot of times you don't notice them because there's no bad consequence. I remember when my son was going up to college, he was at a 100-mile stretch of almost no man's land between Utah and Idaho. And he hadn't gotten to sleep, and so he became drowsy at the wheel. And he ran off the road, and when he woke up, he overcorrected, and he flipped his car. Mm. And the person that saw him flip his car said he rolled about 10 times. Oh, my gosh. Now, that person on that 100-mile stretch of nothing happened to be a nurse. Mm. And when she went and found him upside down in his car, still strapped in, she took him out properly. She laid him out, checked if there's anything broken, and called the ambulance. Now, it took a while for the ambulance to get there. So when we heard about it, the only mark on his body was a scratch on his knee. Oh, my gosh. And the car was mangled <sighs> everywhere except the driver's side. Now, we are blessed because of what did not happen. Exactly. I am blessed that I still have my son through a miracle of God. You know, we would never have gotten over the loss of our son. Mm. He's our only son. And God protected him and kept him. And what didn't happen was a tremendous blessing. And so there's two sides of that equation. There's things that don't happen. And sometimes you never know about them. Exactly, you know? yeah. You didn't get in that accident because mm -hmm. God guided you away from it. Mm -hmm. You listened to the Holy Spirit, and so you didn't make that investment that would lost all your money. Right. And that's where faith comes in. You know, you have the obvious blessings where somebody just walks up and hands you a thousand bucks. Okay, think, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank yeah. you, person. <laughs> you know, and then you have the things that don't happen to you that don't damage your life. And God wants to bless you continually but for him to bless you continually, you have to be continually appreciative of that yes. blessing. A lot of people, they get handed a blessing of God and then they immediately say, oh, things are going to go bad. Newsflash, <laughs> that does not encourage the giver. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, the giver looks at you and says, I just gave you this. Can't you be happy for 24 hours? Mm -hmm. But some people get into a negative mode of thinking to where... It's almost a virtue to have your glass half empty. And this does nothing to encourage the blessing of God in your life. Exactly. In fact, it retards it because the person who is God who wants to give you something, last time he blessed you, you just looked at the next bad thing you expected and he felt no gratitude from you. So when God is doing good things, praise him and praise him to other people. Mm -hmm. Spread it around. Let people know how good your God is. I don't care if it's that you got an extra bonus of $50 on your paycheck. Say, thank you, Father. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. Because I was praying that I needed an extra $50 to pay my bills this week. And you did it. You did it through my employer. But I thank you. I know you're the source of everything. Right, right. And then tell your coworker, tell your mom, tell your friend. Spread it around. Tell everybody how great your God is. And encourage him. He made us to want to be appreciated for a reason. Yeah. Because that's how that's he feels. That's how he is, yeah. Because faith pleases him. And faith and expectation and gratitude, all through the New Testament, it encourages you to be grateful, be grateful, be grateful. Gratitude is a huge thing. Not only does it create in us an awareness of the good things, if you're focusing on being grateful, you're focusing on what is good. 
So it keeps your attention on the positive and it turns your faith toward God. If you count the things that you're grateful for, it builds your faith. Then as our faith is built, we please God. And then God, because he is pleased, blesses us more. Exactly. If you think about two kids and you give each of them a piece of cake and one's grateful and the other one is complaining because it's not the right flavor, who are you going to be inclined to give more cake to? The one who is grateful. And it is all about more cake. It is. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And being in the flow of God and listening to a spirit moment by moment is what gets us into that place. The life of a Christian, and we really start to experience that when we come into tabernacles, is supposed to be just like being in the flow of God. It's a life of ease. It's a life of blessing. It's a life of abundance. Not necessarily that your bank account has millions of dollars in it, but that there's always enough. You always have what you need. God always prepares you. God always provides for you. God always takes care of whatever comes your way. The other day I was ready to get up in the morning and right now I have a two hour drive to work in the morning and I wanted to get up at a particular time because there were two stops I wanted to make on the way. But as I started to wake up, I felt my body was still tired and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to stay in bed for another half hour. So I did. That's going to have consequences. That's going to have consequences. (laughs) Everybody's going to glom on to that. (laughs) So I did. I stayed in bed and felt more rested. got up a half hour later. And I was able to still make those two stops. When I got to the first stop, the line was amazingly short. It's never that short. And it was amazingly short that day. And then I went to the next stop, which was right next door. And that line was amazingly short. Was able to get through both of those errands right on time and get to work on time. That's just the flow of God. Because I was obedient to his voice and I allowed myself to get the extra rest that my body needed, I still was able to get things done. It's just like when God asks you to give money to someone and you really need that for a bill but you do it out of obedience, then he provides other money for you to be able to pay your bill. That's the blessing of God, being in his flow and just doing what he says to do, even if it doesn't make sense. I could have laid there for 30 minutes and gone, okay, this isn't going to work. If I don't get up right now, I'm not going to have time to do this and this. And I really want to get these things done and totally missed the point of what he was trying to do in me by giving me that extra half hour. Or I could have just trusted him and said, okay, If I can't do those errands this morning, I'll do them another day. God says to stay here, I'm going to stay here. My body wanted to stay there anyway. But the fact is, he provided for me to be able to still get those two errands done that I wanted to do. And that's the way he blesses us. Yeah, you got to ask yourself, would you rather have a billion dollars in a bank on earth or have a credit card from God? In God's economy, he gives you what you need when you need it. And it's an unlimited supply. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, the blessings on earth are hoarded because they're scarce. Blessings of heaven don't need to be hoarded because they're abundant. God's blessing is not a trickle from some faucet that will run out eventually. It's Niagara Falls. No matter how many times you dip into Niagara Falls, there's always going to be more water. And this is how it is with God. I mean, his blessings, they never stop. They never run out. They never get less. They're there when you need it. And it's a very convenient way to live. What you have to do is just believe that God, when he leads you, will provide for you. And this is what Jesus did to the point where he didn't have a place to lay his head. He had no real stationary home. Wherever he was being, that's where he went to sleep. He was asleep in a boat. And he was irritated that the disciples disturbed his sleep for something they could have done themselves. The blessings of God are not always noticeable to the natural man. And sometimes you don't even know how you're blessed. Exactly. How did I get here? How, exactly. did, how did this blessing come? But you just wake up one day and you're blessed. Yeah. 
it is God working behind the scenes to bless his child that has been faithful to his word and to his spirit. And these things, they just come. You know, you don't have to have a 401k because you have access to the bank of heaven. Exactly. And when you get to the point where you need a retirement, God will be there. If you have spent your time, if you have spent your energies, if you had spent your wealth during your youth, doing the things of his spirit. I read this one story about this old minister came to this financial advisor and says, you know, I've just been a minister all my life and I've never made much money, but I've saved what I could. And I wanted to come here and say, do you think I have enough money to last for the rest of my retirement? This guy's like 87 years old. Mm. And the guy says, okay, I'll, I'll help you out. I'm glad to do that. You know, I'll do it for a reduced fee. He says, okay. And he shows him his bank account. The guy's got like $1.4 million in his bank account. He saved out of being a pastor and being frugal with his money and making investments. You know, he's very old and he'd done that all his life. Oh, wow. And the guy says, you're okay. You're good. <laughs> God really does take care of us. Mm -hmm. But he can't take care of us if we won't listen to him. If we make decisions based on our natural mind about how things should go, we make those decisions based on a very limited set of facts and figures. Exactly. We don't have access to the mind of God. Often, what looks good to the natural man often has things behind it that will turn out bad. And so when we just go by what seems right to ourselves, we make those poor decisions. We make those bad investments. We lose our money. We lose our time. Sometimes we lose ourselves. And God wants us to listen to him because he's got blessings in store for us. And he wants to give us those blessings based on the picture that he sees. That's right. And it's the picture that he sees that is important. He knows us. And it's not that he wants to kill our joy. In fact, the very opposite is true. He wants us to be blessed. It's just that he really knows what we desire. We sometimes don't really know what we want, but God really knows. And we may say, I want to go this direction. And God says, no, really, the way you're going to be blessed is to go this direction. That's why leaning on him and just going with his leading and being in his flow is the most blessed life. There's no worry. There's just this flow of abundance. When you need something, you ask God and he provides. And the gratitude that goes with that is what is key. Because just as we need to be grateful when we have something like your son's accident and we say, wow, God really protected him. I see the hand of God there and you were grateful. We need to be grateful every single day for the things that God has saved us from. If you're alive through this pandemic, that's something to be grateful for. If you have health in your body or if you're in a good relationship or if you have friendships, if you have a roof over your head and if you're able to do the things that God asks you to do, there's things to be grateful for every day. And we don't know what God is protecting us from. I remember when I worked at a child care center, one of the teachers mentioned to me, there is a certain provision of protection on children. And she said, I see it all the time with these kids that were between two and six years old. She said that it's like there's a force around them, which I recognize as the angels of God, to keep them from being hurt so many times. And I witnessed that. On the playground, you would see kids swinging and swings, and a kid would walk right underneath and miss both swings, not even have uh. a scratch. You'd see a kid climb up the ladder to a slide and fall and land on the ground and not be hurt. 
It was just amazing provision and protection. And you know, the Bible talks about the angels of children. There's a special provision that God gives them to protect them. But the kid that walked through the swing and missed him didn't have any idea the danger. The teachers are panicking, looking at the kid saying, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. The kid doesn't even know. That's how our lives are in God. We can walk through something dangerous and be completely oblivious to what it is because God protects us so well that we don't experience it. And we need to be grateful for those things that are unseen. We need to be grateful for what God saves us from and how God blesses us by protecting us from other bad things that may be happening around the world. Amen to that. You know, one of the things I've been noticing in my life is that what I want and what I need are two different things. You know, I wanted to make my writer's area down here and I had a certain vision in my mind and certain bookcases, certain chairs. And for many months, I didn't do anything about it because it was going to be very, very expensive. And I was always spending my money on other things and other people. And so I was down at a secondhand store and I saw this big lovely old chair that just looked like somebody had been sitting in it for 50 years Mm. but it was still in fairly good shape and so I bought it for 40 bucks and then I needed a table to put my books on and I found that for 15 dollars then I was down there and I saw two bookcases about the size that I was going to build for four or five hundred bucks and they were 40 dollars wow and when I brought them home And I put them down here, and I put the books in them, and I put things around them. They look pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. And I realized that I didn't need to spend $2,000 doing this. And in fact, $2,000 would have taken money away from things I needed to do elsewhere. It would have gotten my focus off of what needed to be done into what I thought needed to be done. And the truth is how it worked out. I'm happy. Oh, yeah. it's, it's adequate. Beautiful. It's beautiful stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't have to take that money and divert it from other things to do that. It wouldn't have functionally done anything better. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one that uses it. I'm not having on display for everybody. And so it's enough. Many times God blesses us with enough. Yeah. And it's functional. It's what we need to get the job done, but it doesn't focus unnecessarily resources on something that isn't really worthy of that. And so sometimes what we need to do is refocus our perspective Mm -hmm. and say, okay, do I have enough to do what God wants me to do? And if you do, then praise him for it. Be thankful for it. Count it as a blessing because that frees you up to do other things in his kingdom. That's right. We have to recognize and be grateful for the fact that God is good and he wants to bless us. Sometimes in Christianity, we are just picturing God as a big man with a white beard standing up there with a whip and he's ready to hit us if we're not in line. And he will bless us, but only if we're really, really good. And if we don't sin today, then we'll get some sort of a blessing tonight when we go to bed. That's not the nature of God. The nature of God is love and abundance and blessing. And understanding that and being grateful for that is what's going to open up the floodgates for that to continue more and more. His blessings flow continually to his people. His desire is for us to have a life of ease and contentment and blessing when we're walking where he wants us to walk. And having gratitude for understanding the way that he blesses us is just going to open up the floodgates. It's going to increase our faith and our faith will please God and then the floodgates will just open. Another very important fact is that you don't have to focus on your blessing. A blessing is not something you strive for, it's something you receive. 
And many just want to create their own blessing through their hard labor, through the wise investments, through their acquiring of things and how they look and what they have is basically an evidence of how God is blessing them. But really, I mean, we're servants of the most high and we don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from because, of course, God's going to feed a servant. What's most important to our master is that we're doing what he wants us mm -hmm. to do. And in the course of doing his will, he naturally blesses us because he's pleased with our progress. He's pleased with what we're doing for him. Mm -hmm. And so he naturally takes care of us because we're accomplishing his desire on earth. And this is very, very important to understand that we don't have to be concerned with how blessed we are or make sure our blessing is coming because that will naturally it flow will naturally from our flow. obedience. I like that, yeah. And it's not a striving thing. It's mm -hmm. a receiving thing. And when you receive a blessing, you don't grab the present and rip it out of the person's hands. You simply open your two mm. hands and you receive it. And it's a very gracious thing. And you say, thank you. And you don't have to worry about... If the blessing is coming when it's being given to you, you just receive it. Right. It's a very natural, it's a very passive thing. And as servants of the Most High, we can be about our Father's business and know that our lives will be blessed. I came down to Roundtown, USA by the will of the Lord. He told me to come down here and he told me not to rent, but to buy. And so I bought a house and my son was sure that I brought him to hell. <laughs> he was used to being near Seattle. He had access to all his computer buddies and all that there that was in the big city. And he came down to a rural area where everybody was into fishing and hunting. <laughs> and he was sure that I hated him. <laughs> but he ended up being valedictorian of his class. Mm. And everybody liked him. Everybody treated him nice. He didn't go to a huge school where there were gang violence or yeah. drugs or anything like that. He went to a school that there was small class size that he was able to learn and grow as an individual in ways that he may not have been able to grow up there. So what he thought was purgatory ended up to be a blessing. Exactly. And that's a lot of times how it is. Even me coming down here, I was shocked with the pace of life. I was shocked by everybody knowing everybody's business. Mm -hmm. I was shocked by the small town atmosphere. It's not a bad atmosphere, no. but it's just a different it's atmosphere. It's different, very different. And I often wondered, why did God do this? And recently during the COVID pandemic, this was a very, very nice place to live because we hardly felt any effects of the pandemic. We didn't have any restrictions that the larger cities had. We just did pretty much what we'd always do. You know, <laughs> people naturally social distance here because exactly. of the rural area. <laughs> And even the local mercantile never ran out of toilet paper. Exactly, which was a sign, <laughs> it actually. It was, yeah. You know, we often don't understand the blessing, you know. Being in the right place at the right time by the hand of God is oftentimes an unseen blessing. It's a place of safety, a place of sanctuary, a mm -hmm. place of, of true blessing. And just like my son, it became a true blessing for him. Mm-hmm. And the truth of it is that God's blessings are not always and not most often material. Being in the will of God and being in the favor of God and feeling the peace of God and the joy of God pouring into your life is a much greater blessing than having everything material that you think you want. 
when Jesus modeled for us how to live a life as a believer who was connected to God constantly, he didn't acquire for himself a lot of material things. Good point. He didn't have a particular place that he called home. He had places that he would go. He would have friends that he would stay with. But we know that when he fed the 5,000, he ate too because he had to eat. He was a human being. Exactly. We know that he got enough rest because he could even sleep during a storm in a boat. We know that everything that he needed was provided for him. And the greatest thing of all was that he had the favor of his father. He had that close connection to his father and he was in the will of God. What we need to realize is that whether we have a lot or a little, it doesn't make any difference as far as the blessings. Yeah, material blessings can be wonderful, but the greater blessing is to be connected to God and to be in his flow, to have his spirit live inside you and guide you moment by moment. Then there's a satisfaction and a depth to the joy and blessing that we receive from God that is unaffected by what is around us. Yeah, God may give us a lot. We might have a great house. We might have a great job. We might have a great car. But if our joy and our blessing from God is recognized and we're grateful for what he has given us inside, the peace and the joy and the rightness of being aligned with him, you could take away the house and the car and the job and you can still have the blessing of God and still know that you are blessed because all of your needs will be provided for because God is a God of abundance. And if he wants you to have a nice house, then you can be content there. If he wants you to have a little tent that you live in, you can be content there. Everything that God has for us when we are lined up with his will is going to be a blessing. Even if it starts out as being something difficult, we know it'll end up as being a blessing because he works all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So getting our eyes off of the list of material things that we need or even relationships or emotional things that we need in order to be blessed and getting our eyes on who God is and the will that he has for our life and the alignment that we feel is really where the blessing lies. We don't understand that we can pursue all of the material things and even obtain all the things that we think will make us happy. But if we're not in line with the will of God for our lives, there's always going to be a dissatisfaction. We're never going to be completely fulfilled and grateful and satisfied with where we are in life until we are lined up with what God wants for us. Well, that's a very good point, is that our dissatisfaction often stems from our misalignment with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And we sense an uneasiness, we sense a troubling in our souls because our spirits are not with God. And there are people that are very rich, very famous, and are completely troubled. In fact, it's almost a stereotype for very famous people to suddenly die of overdoses or suicide. And you wonder, they've got everything that everybody thinks is a blessing, yet their life is so miserable that they take it. And what that says is that it wasn't blessing to them. It must be a terrible thing to have a billion dollars and recognize that you're still unhappy. But you can have $10 and be with God and be happy. Exactly. Because you know you're in his will. So we're just sharing with you that the blessings of God are manifold. The blessings of God come in many different packages, but they're all good. And we just need to accept them graciously and then thank the giver who is our father who loves us and who wants to bless us. Mm Mm-hmm. And just be happy with what God gives us and know that it's enough. And if we need more, he will give it to us. It's better to have a credit card to the bank of heaven than to have all this money that people Mm -hmm. can steal here on earth. That's right. And I think that as we come into the fullness of the tabernacle blessing, we will find that we have all the resources we need to accomplish the will that God has for us each and every day. We don't need to hoard 
We don't need to have overabundance. Mm -hmm. All we need is this 24 hours of blessing. And then tomorrow there'll be another 24 hours of blessing. And those 24-hour periods of blessings will string into a week of blessing and then a month of blessing and a year of blessing. We don't need to plan our blessing. We just need to know that God is the one who blesses us and will continue to do it. Just like he gave manna to the children Mm -hmm. of Israel in the wilderness, he will give blessing to us as we need Mm -hmm. in the portion that is right for us. All we have to do is receive. We can focus on doing his will, knowing that he's going to take care of all those incidentals. Right. And he may provide like he did with the Israelites on a daily basis, or he may give us shoes that don't wear out after 40 years. You would not imagine being able to walk through a desert for 40 years without there being a shoe store nearby. What would you do? Well, God will make sure that your shoes don't wear out. And that's how he blesses us. It could be a daily provision. It could be something that we have that lasts beyond what it's supposed to. But being in his will ensures that we will be blessed in the way that he desires to bless us. And lastly, you can give without knowing how you're going to get. Mm -hmm. You can give knowing that if you give as God leads, the blessings will surely come. Now, they won't come in perhaps the way that you think. It won't be a quid pro quo, but you will be blessed. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to worry about giving because when we give as God leads, we're in his flow. And God naturally blesses what his will does. So just give. You ask God, how much do I want you to give? Who do you want to give it to? How do you want to give it? And don't worry about what you have and what you don't have or what you've planned for next week. Next week will come and God will bless you. He'll make up the difference. It's how I do it all the time. Yeah. God always thinks I have more money than I've got. (laughs) He always turns out to be right. I just can't see it at the time. And anymore, I just don't even think about it. You know, It's not how much I have. It's how much God wants me to give. Exactly. And I give to whomever God says at the leading of his Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so we can give as God leads, knowing that there'll be more fish than we started with if we just believe God and go as he goes. Amen? Amen. Okay, well, that's another edition of God's Love Club. We thank you for being here. You are an intrepid individual. You are in the vanguard of the Tabernacle Christians, and we (laughs) appreciate you. We love you. We pray that God bless you over the next seven days in ways that you never imagined. But first, a word from our sponsor. Christ Church of the Superficial You gotta see us pray Christ Church of the Superficial Come be a member today And now, coming to you live from that cathedral built for ten, the righteous reverend. How are you? I want to talk today in my sermon about faith. Now, I had an experience this week that really illustrates faith. Now, I was in the line for Krispy Kreme donuts. I have a thing about those things. It was glazed to goodness. I had a hankering, so I needed to satisfy my desire. I was inching towards the order panel there, you know, and I was praying. I was praying, Lord, if it be thy will, let there be 13 donuts in that box that I ordered. So I went up there and the person says, what would you like? I'd say, well, I'd like some of those glazed originals. And he says, oh, how many you want? I want a baker's dozen. Okay, sir, it'll be this much. And so I paid. 
and I inched up there. And in my spirit, I was praying, I was believing, and I was just going with God. And I got up there, there was that point where I was handling that box and I just wondered, is it gonna be there? And I opened it and lo and behold, they were there. God provided. That is having faith. That is a practical demonstration of a spiritual concept that I want you to get in our church. That if you expect, if you expect and you have faith, God will provide. Yes, amen. It's been a righteous moment with the righteous reverend. Be blessed. Thank you for staying with us to the end of this broadcast. We love you very much. Be blessed. We'll talk to you next time on God's Love Club. Bye-bye. Bye. Personally, I think Krispy Kreme's a bit sinful. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs>